7 o'clock. Good morning, pile. Jim along with Kate from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's Wednesday. A holiday edition of Wine About a Wednesday. So, we didn't do a ton of, well, we, Kenda, didn't do a lot of Christmas shopping this year. Ah. She chose not to. We're doing gift cards, that kind of thing. So we thought, just she's like, look, I'm going to make this easy on myself. And I had to encourage yeah. her because she's like, well, I should get gifts. She still bought gifts for people, but not not to the extent that she normally does. We said, okay, our, our grandkids are adults. We bought for the grandbaby. Right. Great grandbaby. But we didn't, we just said, what do you guys want? Gift cards are fine. Great. So we're... Cool. The first time ever doing gift cards, so it's not really simple as that. And and I'm so glad she's like, look, I, I just think I, I, I want to take a break from all the Christmas shopping, which which my wife still, like I said, did plenty of shopping. Even when she says I'm not going to do that much, she still does a lot. I mean, as far as because she loves to give, and she she's like, well, I, I want to get something for so and so, and and so she's always going to do that, right? Well, what about you, though? So I, I, we don't, like I said, I can't say we, because I'm, <laughs> for your full admission here, I'm, I'm, I'm not the, she is the person that spearheads right. Operation Christmas Giving in our household. <laughs> I'm, Operation North Pole underway. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible about it. I'm a terrible Christmas shopper. I agonize over it. So this year, I was like, okay, uh, we, we have our own deal of what we're doing. And so I was like, okay. All right. But what about you? Oof. I did it a little overboard last year because I got something for, because I, I had a list of people I knew I was going to see in person. And so I got something for pretty much everyone. Ran up a little bit of a bell happens and then uh this year i was given explicit instructions especially for the family gift exchange to uh and here's the thing right so my mother tells me by the way tyler franson drinking game every time he mentions his family hydrate my mother tells me she says here's the deal because of and i won't go into full detail but basically some of us in our family not doing well. So we're going to go with a mild kind of white elephant gift exchange, and that's going to be it. And she said, if you want to get something for the gift exchange, go ahead. All right. So the other week I was at the mall just kind of perusing. I needed to get some stuff anyway, but I said, hey, while I'm here, let's see. And so I texted my mother. I said, hey. You said I could get something for the family gift exchange. What are some ideas? Give me some sort of, you know, because you are my dear mother. You are the shopaholic in our family. You know what to look for. And my point was proven in the very next text. And she said, please don't get anything. I know I said you could. Now I'm telling you don't because I bought like five things. <laughs> So all of us could pretend that we got something because she went, she went overboard this time. So now I'm just uh, like, okay. I'm like, all right, I guess I don't have to get 
anybody anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you've got it. She's got it covered. She's for you. got the list covered, and so we're all we're all a okay, and that's good. That's so. I am. I am all good on the uh, on the Christmas shopping uh, festivities. And thanks to your mom. Thanks to my mother. Bail, bailing you out. And, and you know, it's, it's that thing where she's in her, in her what I call never-ending retirement party. It's the she'll work for whatever, doing, you know, substitute teaching or helping out at uh, Colorado School of Mines. Uh, does some like grant work, Excel spreadsheets. To, I don't know. She's tried to explain it to me. She'll do all these odd jobs, save some money, and then she'll go to California or she'll buy shoes or do whatever because she can. She has that power. Right. <laughs> that is, that's her wheelhouse. And I say, go for it. So if you got. A holiday wine, which we, so far we don't. We don't have any holiday wines at all here as far as at least the, the, the gift purchasing aspect of Not it. Not as far as gift purchasing, but could we could we maybe expand it to holiday, like, horror stories? Like, things that have happened during the holidays that you recall where you go, this darn near ruined Christmas for me. Because I've got a list of those. <laughs> I don't I don't really have <laughs> anything like that. Oh, I do. Um okay, why, why at the moment why don't you share one with us? Well, yeah, prime the pump here a little bit for the, the pile. The probably the quickest one was Grandpa John got a uh, buck knife uh for Christmas one year. Oh, that's a knife. Uh, that's a knife. And you know, mind you, this is my retired uh, NASA engineer, ball aerospace engineer, grandfather, one of the smartest men I know, and also one of the clumsiest, who in his infinite wisdom takes the buck knife that he has just been gifted from either, I believe, my father or my uncle. Either way, one of his two son-in-laws gave him this knife, and he decided to open another Christmas present that he got, which was a bottle of whiskey <laughs> with the knife. Well, sounds somehow, right, sounds very crocodile Dundee. Somehow or rather, the knife went one direction that it wasn't uh -oh. supposed to go. Uh oh! The hand got sliced, and uh, Grandpa John had to go to the emergency room. Now, what made this even better was the fact that we thought, okay, he'll get some stitches, he'll get some pain meds, and then he'll go home and go to bed. Nope, there he was, bandaged up, drugged up, high as a kite on painkillers. At midnight mass. <laughs> at, at midnight wow. church. Wow. So. And, it, you know, and, and he was very calm about it. Said a few swear words and then looked down and saw the blood and said, I'll be back. Okay. It's these, it's these sorts of things. It's why we've now resorted to no sharp objects for Christmas. As gifts and and just as a general, general yeah, rule. Yeah, I, I just don't. I can't remember a. a okay, it, it, it wasn't like it ruined Christmas or anything, but it was scary. Okay, a scary moment. 
I was probably 12 or 13, and we had the, the, the Christmas Eve service. Okay. And we did the whole nativity thing that the, the youth group did. Oh, yeah. And so while the kids had, we all, we had like, you know, the, the robes, the hoods with the hood on it yep. and everything. And so they did this thing where everybody lined up around the sanctuary of the church with candles. Okay. And so it was, you know, you light, you light the, the minister, lit the candle. I am. Um, and then. You would pass it down the aisle. And then you light yeah, the yeah, next yeah. candle. Everybody had a candle. Well, one of the kids kind of turned when oh, the no. person went to light their candle. Oh, no. And lit their hood on fire. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was stop, drop, and roll. It was like, oh, no. And it was, unfortunately, he was okay. It didn't get thankfully far, but it did catch it on fire enough that they had to throw him on the ground to put him out. And then he got up, they checked him, and then we continued on, and then we were done. I could totally see that happening, too, because I know the people in my life and my inner circle and... Yeah, it was open, just, open it just flames, turns, it just sharp. Turns to, turns to somebody, hey, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Merry Christmas, person. you're on fire. <laughs> you are the Yule Log this year, my you're, man. That's right. <laughs> oh. Chestnuts roasting by this guy's hood. <laughs> well, fortunately, I didn't get down far enough for that to happen. <laughs> Thankfully. His chestnuts did not get roasted. <laughs> but it could have happened. But it could have happened. All right, so if you got some uh, holiday uh, wines today, you could win a bottle of Talon wine, which you very well could, which is a fantastic gift to give this holiday season. Yes. Now we should probably tell people about what our contesting situation looks like. We are closed the twenty second through the first, so if you win, you can't pick up your prize until after the first of the year. If you want to still get in for this month's never-ending contest. Right, right. Which is, of course, with Mesa Jewelers. You can win the diamond earrings. They're worth almost $7,000. <sighs> a nice little gift, little late Christmas gift for somebody. Yes. So you'd get into this month's never-ending contest, but you can't pick up your prize until after the first of the year, if that makes sense. All right, because we'll be closed starting this Friday, by the way. All right, so a text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Steve's in a text. Uh, let's see. Did School of Mines allow that many yards rushing in the first 12 games as it did at Harding? Now, I was looking through this. I was looking through the first five. They gave up. Oh, what was the final total I had? Yeah. It was, it was doing, doing, somewhere. I was doing some math while you were while you were doing your thing. They gave up 594 yards through the first five games. They gave up 502 to Harding in the championship game on Saturday. Woof. That's yeah. the difference maker right there. Yeah. So, Steve, to answer your question, he talked about the tw first 12 games. I didn't go that far, but they gave up a, a touch more than they gave up in the championship game through five. So, I would think, you know, they already gave up more the than, they, than they did through the, you know, obviously through first five games than, than 12. Right. And, and I don't know what the total through 12 was, but they had some games where they really shut down people when it comes to uh, particularly uh, rushing the football. I think it was the Adams game where they only gave up five rushing yards the whole game. And, and, and the point still stands that 
Mines defense played so very well in the regular season. Got all the way to the national championship game, and Harding was, for whatever, however reason, able to just well, run. They put pressure on John Matoka. If you watched any of the game, they, they put pressure on Matoka. He was not accustomed to that. Their, their flex bone ability, Harding to run the football, they just were able to, to dominate on the ground in that game. Mines had a couple of, inside the 20, couple of red zone, fourth and, fourth and goals, mm. or twice they ran Wildcat. Oof. And stuffed him. It was not fooling Harding at all. According to the RMAC website, through 15 games this season, Mines' number one rush defense in the RMAC with uh, surrendering 92.9 yards per game. Total of 1,393 yards in, and that's 15 games, so... I don't know what the through 12 would be, but but again, you give up 500 in one game in the national championship to Harding. That's, that's a little rough. Yeah. You're yeah. not going to have a good time. No, no, you're not. You're not going to have a good time at all. I mean, they just, they shut mines down. Simple as that. And on Harding staff, by the way, we should. There was a local tie to that. There was, yeah, I saw this with uh, with Cam Tucker that played quarterback at Palisade. He's the uh, quality control uh, guy for their, the offense for the wide receivers. So, Cam Tucker, congratulations to Cam. Yes, well done on being a D two national champion. Uh, part of that coaching staff. All right, seven fourteen. Jim along with Cake. Text your calls nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. From Mark. Good job this year, team. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you, See, Mark and Paula and, and the Coach Aver family as well. And, and Mark, we appreciate it. But this is a whine about it Wednesday. <laughs> well, you, can, you can send us I nice, know it's nice thoughts. Holiday like, cheer and happy oh, thoughts. Wow. Come oh. on, people. We need, we need complaints. Well, oh, well, Mr. Scrooge. No, no, no. See, no, no, no. We need to get all the negative complaints and your whines and all that sort of purge yourself of that negativity before Christmas. So that way you're in a, you know, a clear and happy state of mind during the holidays with the family. Got a few texts that are uh, from the microwave. Now, Mark's was from today. So um, and I believe Steve's was as well. Steve's from today, I believe so. Um, let's see. Ooh. Uh, from Mr. Bob announcing the commitment of one Keen Bessert to Kansas State. Keen was at Wisconsin. Things did not work out there. So, uh, Keen, former Fruitland Monument Wildcat, will now uh, be a long snapper at Kansas State. Congratulations to Keen. I'm yes. sorry things didn't work out with the with Wisconsin, but uh, Keene will now be a member of the Kansas State Wildcats. Uh, let's see, a couple more to get to. Minnesota Mark, one from yesterday. We throw it in the microwave. It was, if it was made public that Jim Davis told 20 people, I'll pay you X number of dollars if you can beat up Cake or Buckeye so they can't work anymore, do you think Jim Davis would be working in radio anymore? Uh, no. He'd probably be in jail. So why is Sean Payton coaching in the NFL? Because, number one, Sean Payton was not directly responsible for that. That was uh, Greg Williams. 
Number two, it was, it's within the bounds, it was out of bounds, what Greg Williams told his players to do. But the way in which you thought he could get around it was, hey, we're already playing a violent collision sport. Let's make it that much more violent and we'll sweeten the pot. You're already getting paid to play the sport. We might as well, you know, kind of sweeten the pot a little bit. I think that's... Here's my, okay, here's my take on that. Sean Payton, I think, knew what was going on with Bounty Gate. And he, and he got suspended for a year. Yeah. Let's not forget. And the punishment was that Kevin James played him in a movie. That's okay, punishment so, enough. So right there, did he not, didn't he go through enough? That's punishment on no. all of us. But, but Greg Williams was the guy that, that kind of orchestrated that whole thing. Jonathan Vilma was involved in that. And I don't, Mark, I understand what you're trying to say. I don't, I don't disagree with the bounty gate was a terrible thing. You know, Buddy Ryan did the same thing in Philadelphia, had little bounties out on players. I think if we're, we can't keep litigating things that have already been tried in the court of public opinion to a degree. Right. And also he was suspended by the league. That that's that that's happened years ago and that's over. If we're talking about now and about what happened on on Saturday, screaming at Russ, that's a, to me that's a separate issue. That what happened with Bounty Gate happened years ago. There was a price that he paid for doing that, for being for his connection to it. And and again, he was not the puppet master, although it happened under his watch, and so and that's you, why and, the league And you have to be held responsible for that when you're the head coach. And I agree. I just I, I guess, I guess, Mark. My question is this, and I'm sorry we didn't get to this yesterday. What does that have to do with Saturday? Right. That he got angry. Or what does that have to do with Sean Payton now in 2023? Do I think Bounty Gate was a good thing? No, it's a terrible thing. Did he pay a price for that? Yeah, he paid a price for it. Should it have not happened. Yes. Is he a less than stellar human being for allowing that to go on? Agreed on all those points. But what, is, but what does that have to do with now about Sean Payton? I wonder if maybe it's a case of little, uh little bit of not regret hiring Sean Payton, but, but the f- furthering of, well, see, we should have never hired Sean Payton because here's what happens and all this stuff. And it's like that, that cat is out of that bag. You know, it's, that horse is loose in that hospital already. As a Broncos fan, are you in a better spot today than you've been in in the last several years? Yes. Yeah. Even with the Miami game. Even even with the loss, the way the Broncos played in Detroit. It's December and they're still in the playoff conversation. They haven't been here in a very long time. No, they have not. And so my thought is, okay, you, can, you, can, you don't have to like Sean Payton. I don't like everything about Sean Payton. Well, look, but I, but, but I, this team was one in five. They're now seven and seven, and they're still with three games left to go in the season in the playoff conversation. They're playing meaningful football in the month of December. The last time that that realistically happened, there was, you know, Vic Fangio. There was the year with Teddy Bridgewater. By the way, congrats, Teddy Bridgewater, on your retirement. Uh, you know, there was that 
where it was like they were maybe in the mix, and if they the won year after out, they won the Super Bowl. And they won nine games. Really, truly, the year with, that they won Trevor the Super Simeon. Bowl. You know, that was probably the last time that Denver played meaningful football, truly meaningful football, in the month of December. So here we are, seven and seven. You know, and these three, these next three games are winnable games for Denver. Patriots are, are hot garbage right now. Except that defense is eighth in total defense. I know they're eighth in total and, defense. And they should, they should win this game Sunday. But I'm with Cody York. Their defense concerns me. And Denver, Denver's got to do a better job. They got to run the football. They got to get back to running the football. I, I, I just, but I just, the thing about Sean Payton, Minnesota, Mark, I, I, I appreciate you text frequently and I appreciate that. I, I'm just reluctant to litigate things that have already been resolved about somebody. Right. You don't have to like Sean Payton. You think he's a bad guy. I, I, I don't, I, that's fine. You're, you're, you're allowed to have that opinion. But num- number one, I don't, we're going to have a cage match, the three of us. I don't know. Probably not. What, you, me, and Buckeye Boy? Yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I just want to sit back and watch the two of you go out. Like Zuckerberg and Musk <laughs> talked about it. I just want to, I just want to watch. watch. See what happens. There, There is not many things in this world that I would... I, let's just say this. Not enough money <laughs> in the world... And I'm not lobbying for that, by the way. I'm not lobbying for you two to get in the octagon to go at it. And, it would, I, and, yeah. I'm, not, and I'm not volunteering to do that either. And see, he's, you know, not to start anything, but he's the one that's gotten as close to, you know, bouts with people in public more than any of, <laughs> more than any of us. Buckeye? Yes. He's scrappy. He is. He's a little scrappy. I can be that way myself sometimes. <laughs> Yesterday, maybe good indication of... Maybe. Just, just, why, don't, it's, make, just why, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I don't like you now. Quote <laughs> <Cord> family guy. <laughs> All right, we got one from Dylan from yesterday, too. So I'm a Broncos fan, and it maddens me that other Broncos fans get mad that Sean Payton got mad at whatever. I like his fire. If it was VJ, Vic, or Hackett, they wouldn't have said a damn thing or really cared uh, cared about cared about the player. I can't remember. It's not really. It's a little disjoint, disjointed at the end of the text. Well, number one, uh, Hackett I, wouldn't have shown that kind no, of emotion. He would have. He would have been, Russ, you okay? You okay? I'm, how you feeling, buddy? You okay? Help. Help. Did he need did he need to scream it in the way that he did? No. And we don't know what the particulars were. I, I just think when you're a, a veteran quarterback, a, a guy like Russ, you probably didn't need to have your head coach act the way he did in that moment. Agreed. Doesn't mean that I think Sean Payton should be fired. Sean Payton's terrible. People lose their minds sometimes. NFL head coaches lose their minds all Some, the sometimes time. you do it. You, you they just get angry. People just get angry at other people or they're angry about the situation and they appear to be angry at somebody else. I'm Dylan. I'm with you on that. I, I just, did I like it? No. Did I think it was the best thing for, for Sean Payton to do? No. 
Do people get mad? As long as him and Russ are okay, who gives a crap? Right. As long as Russ and him are okay. Now, if Russ had a problem with it, which I could see why he would, then okay. Then there's an issue there. Probably didn't need to do it the way he did. But Sean Payton's a guy that does some things that he probably shouldn't do or say some things he probably shouldn't do. Like the time he talked to the USA Today reporter. Was he wrong about what he said? No. Did he need to have that go public? No. He didn't need to have probably that go public. Probably not. Probably not a great thing to have that go public. All right, so it is a wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Love to hear from you today. If you've got some holiday rants you want to get off your chest, uh, Connor McGahey's going to join us. Uh, Avs lose in Chicago last night. Lots of missed opportunities. Lots of things to clean up from the avalanche. You'll hear from Jared Bednar coming up in a little bit. Also, we'll have uh, voice of the CSU Rams, Brian Roth, with us. And uh, we'll talk with Conrad Viaforte, former Mav, now a member of the Grand Junction Jackalopes baseball team. That's coming up. But uh, once again, want to uh, hit this out there that uh, get this out there. Keen Bessard, former Fertile Monument Wildcat, now committing to Kansas State. We wish Keen the best of luck. Perhaps we'll get Keen on here in the next uh, week or so. It's our, it's our second big Kansas State connection, along with Wyatt Thompson. And actually, Max Marsh. Oh, that's Central. right. Max is at uh, Kansas State. All right, 725, and let's hop into... What's happening? Oh, it's so nice to play my own stuff today. No offense to you guys, but it's nice to be able to do my own thing here. Have with your own button bar. Exactly. Uh, by the way, ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow business their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow. By partnering with you, we help maximize your investment and ensure your office technology is working efficiently. For example, network support, cybersecurity, surveillance, or a new business phone system. Call ComWest today, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. I uh, saw Nathan the other day from ComWest, and he, unfortunately, he was... He was he was off. I should have just grabbed another one from him because these are great calendars. Oh, the, the, the demotivational calendars that Cam West has. So great. He was like, "Hey, do you got it?" And I'm like, "I do," but I could always use another one. But um, yeah, yeah one for are, the office and one for the house. Yeah, these are fantastic calendars, by the way, from Com West. All right, seven twenty six, and uh, get things started with the Avalanche that unfortunately uh, losing on the road last night. The Avalanche winger Valarie Nachushkin had a big night, but too many mistakes. And missed opportunities that hurt Colorado in their 3-2 loss at Chicago Tuesday. Nachushkin scored two goals in the win, but the Avs failed to score a goal in five-on-five situations. And Coach Jared Bednar says that hurt. We had some good chances, didn't capitalize. And then um, I still think we could have made a lot harder on them defensively. And, and part of that was um, our mismanagement of the puck. All right, Nachushkin's on a hot streak, scoring a goal in each of his last 11 games. Colorado trails the Dallas Stars for the lead in the Central Division. Tonight, the Nuggets are in Toronto to face the Raptors pregame at 5 o'clock on the Team Sports Network. Bowl games from Tuesday. University of Texas San Antonio defeated Marshall 35-17 to at the Frisco Bowl in Texas. Roadrunners quarterback Owen McCown, the uh, the son of Luke McCown, I believe, uh, threw for two touchdowns, two interceptions in the win. And a quarterback Marshall, Chad Pennington's son. God, we're old. It's just crazy. Cole Pennington. Cole Pennington. A Pennington versus a McCown, which circa 2006, 2007 would have been like a C-tier matchup. I'm sorry, Josh McCown. 
Josh is the the, the father of Owen. Excuse me. And didn't Luke wasn't there the, a Luke could be the uncle, I believe. Wasn't there a McCown son that played for CU last year? Yes, and that might have been Luke's son. Gonna, but I'm, I don't remember exactly. But yes, there was because he got played last year as a freshman. But anyway, Owen McCown throwing for two touchdowns, two picks uh, in that victory for UTSA over Marshall. Washington coach Kalen DeBoer is the AP College Football Coach of the Year. In two years, DeBoer has got to the Huskies to the college football playoffs. NFL News, New York Jets quarterback Aaron Rodgers has indicated he does not plan on playing this season as he continues to rehab his Achilles injury. We'll have more on that uh, next hour and around the NFL. He previously stated he was working on a return for this season. Cutter Mesa men's basketball team wrapped up calendar year 2023 with a win. Owen Koontz with a career-high 27 points in the Mavericks' 92-78 win over Simon Fraser. The Mavs split the High Desert Classic in Las Vegas going 1-1. One one. Koontz was 12 for 15 from the field. Christopher Speller, a season-high 23 minutes in the floor, getting 7 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 blocks. Mavs return home January 5th and 6th against CSU Pueblo and New Mexico Highlands. Also news in regard to Colorado Mesa swimming and diving, uh, Ben Sampson uh, with an outstanding effort uh, for the Mavericks. Ben Sampson winning three events and helped to uh, set or helped to and, and set or helped to set three new Maverick marks. Uh, ended up the High Point Award winner as Colorado Mesa swimming and diving finished with uh, an outstanding performance at the UNLV Invitational. It's wrapped up on Tuesday. Sampson won the 100-yard individual medley and the 200-yard backstroke smashing his own school record in the former before the uh, setting the Mavs' new 100-yard freestyle mark as a leadoff on the Mavericks winning and school record-setting 400-yard free relay team. So congratulations to Ben Sampson on winning three events for the Mavericks out in Las Vegas. Three things certain in life, death, taxes, and Ben Sampson breaks some sort of school record. It seems like he does it every single time he gets in the pool. Fruto Monument Palisade girls basketball teams both enter the holiday break with wins. The Wildcats beat Eagle Valley 60-36 to in a home court victory Tuesday night. Fruto Monument's Liv Campbell scored 17 points with Addison Air adding 11 points for the 8-1 Wildcats. The Bulldogs defeated Coleridge 58-34 to to move to 7-3. and It ties their win total for all of last season. Back to uh, CMU Athletics after finishing 4-1 the Desert Duels in Las Vegas. Carter Mason women's wrestler Isabeau Shellac was named the Armac Women's Wrestler of the Week. Shellac is 7-2 and in the second map to earn a weekly conference honor. And head coach Travis Mercado says the Desert Duels were undoubtedly a huge success. It was an absolutely great weekend for us. Everyone was loose and excited to wrestle, and I think that was a big key takeaway. Then we got to see the return of Isabeau Shellac, right? All-American for us, ranked in the world for beach wrestling, got to see her back on the mat competing. So a lot of great things came out of this weekend. Mavs wrap up the 2023 Caesar part of the schedule, ranked fourth in the nation. After the holiday break, they'll be competing in Iowa at the NWCA National Duels on January 5th. And that's a look at... What's happening this morning? What's happening? Brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. If you need IT help for your business, call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142, or go to ComWestCorp.com. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Wine about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. Something you want to get off your mind, get off your chest. Text or call us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. Merry Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the holidays, and family time is the best time. From the Grand Valley to Rifle, Delta to Montrose, this is the Jim Davis Show. Hey! Welcome in to a holiday edition of the Jim Davis Show. I'm your host, Jim. 
of my co-host Cake. Hope you cats are having a <laughs> sensational holiday season. Tell if it's Gerald, man. Come on. I'm trying to, I'm trying to channel my, my inner Dean Martin from way back in the day. Way, way back in the day. Way back. Hello, everybody. Dean Martin occasionally sounded like Harry Carey. There was just a little bit, even though supposedly Dean Martin never drank. But he always sounded like he was a little, you know, half in the bag. Are or, we sure? Where Harry Carey was in the bag a lot of the time. Harry Carey. Hey, everybody. That's your old buddy, Harry Carey. All right, 735. Uh, the Avalanche, I don't know if say they played like they were. <laughs> inebriated last night because they didn't play terrible last night. Val Nachushkin did great. Everyone well, else? Valari Nachushkin has been on a just a red hot goal scoring streak right now. Uh, he's on pace for 40 this season. Oof. He's got one goal through 11 games to start the season in each of his 11 games. Or actually he only had, me, he had one goal to start the season and then his wife pardon I want to get that straight. He only had one goal to start the season. And now he's had 14 goals in 19 games uh, that he's played in since then. His wife, Svetlana, gave birth to Anna. That's the couple's first child. And since he got his little baby girl, the choo-choo train has been scoring a lot of goals. But let's... I'd like to put this in the past. But we, but we, we had, just can't. We had last year with the, the deal with Seattle. The hotel and the... And the woman that was in the hotel that was not Svetlana and all that that went on. So we don't want to focus on that. No. No, we don't want to focus on that. But Valarie Nachushkin has been uh, really, really good uh, in terms of goal scoring as of late. 14 goals in 19 games. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's got nine power play goals since November 8th. And that's the most in the league right now. But unfortunately, even with all that, the Avalanche lost to the Blackhawks in Chicago last night, three to two. And Miles Wood, that, that you know, took a bad penalty, got upset with a call. He got hit with a minor penalty, plus a ten-minute misconduct. And the Avs took another penalty in the final minute when they were trying to score the tying goal. And so. The, the Avalanche falling three to two last night to the Blackhawks. Um, Georgie gave up a couple goals, two of the first three shots that he faced, and then and then he really dominated the rest of the way. But for the Avalanche, making a lot of mistakes last night, missed opportunities, mistakes in the defensive end for the Avalanche last night, and five on five, they, they could not score a goal in five on five. Here's Jared Bednar on. On the Avalanche, this, of course, the coach, Jared Bednar, on fixing the Avalanche's problems right now. Well, we got to stick with it and keep breaking it down and keep helping them try to understand it. I think their hearts are in the right place. Like, um, You know, typical tonight, we had a couple of good sustained shifts and we're doing things right, shooting the puck a little bit like meat and potatoes, and then we get it back for a third or fourth time and try something fancy and turn it over and it's odd man rush going the other way. So it's a mindset that we have to adapt as a team, a maturity of our team and, and a real good understanding that like we don't have to, you know, force things that we're a good enough team to, if we play the right way to create enough goals to, 
to win hockey games, and we're probably giving up less when we do that. All right, so the Avalanche, points-wise, tied with the Dallas Stars for first in the Central Division. They they do trail by a couple of losses. Avalanche nineteen eleven and two, Stars eighteen eight and four. But when it comes to points, they're, they're that's the thing that matters. They're both uh, tied right now for first place in the in the Central Division. You just keep thinking about this Avalanche team that that man as as many injuries as they've had and as really inconsistent as they've been mm-hmm. at some point they're going to put it all together yeah december hockey because i distinctly remember the year of the stanley cup there was a period where from october through december there was some inconsistency because you had nathan mckinnon arguably one of the best hockey players in the world not on the ice because of injury and the Avs won games without him. And then he would go back on the ice and the Avs would lose. And it was this weird back and forth. And then eventually come January through the, through the cup, they got it together and proved and in fact dominated in their quest for the cup in 22. So I agree. I, I think at some point Colorado is going to figure it out. And it's going to take guys like Val Nachushkin scoring and, you know, guys not making boneheaded mistakes like Miles Wood. It's going to take better goaltending uh, goal from Georgiev and Pasternov. You know, it's going to take a collective effort, but I think they're going to get there. And if they can get this kind of scoring they've been getting from Nachushkin, because... Th- that is such a big additional weapon for them. If he's, if he's and, and he was missed last year. Yeah. When when the, the Avalanche lost to Seattle in the playoff series, that did not help. And and, and ha- getting him to to contribute, you know, what it's the motivation of his wife giving birth to their their daughter. It's great. What, whatever it, whatever it takes for him, and, and congratulations to him and his wife. But for him, it's it, it's it, it's an added again that added secondary scoring, getting somebody else out outside of McKinnon, Rantanen, and you know, Rantanen's got off to the, the slow start, and of course the whole dust up with Arturi Lekkonen's dad, who's a Finnish right. hockey analyst. That it's it's you gotta have you've got to have secondary scoring. You have to have guys that that can take some pressure off of Nathan McKinnon and Amiko Rantanen and, 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 and Kale McCarr to score. And if, if Nishush can continue to do this, it'd be fantastic. Kale McCarr didn't play last night, third straight game. He's missed due to a lower body injury, um, but did not play last night. Both McCarr and Andrew Cogliano stayed behind. Um, so it's it's one of those things where, once again, don't, don't have a guy like Kale McCarr, one of the best defensemen in the league, Norris Trophy winner previously, Norris Trophy contender this year. That, that hurts when you don't have those guys on the ice. And and last night, Avalanche had opportunities to win that game and didn't make it happen last night. And and McKinnon continues to be up. It's phenomenal. Had an assist last night in Chushkin's first goal. And he's got one point in the last 16 straight games. It's a career high. And it's now four shy of Paul Stastny's franchise record, by the way, for the Avalanche. It's pretty good. All right, nine or 742. And it's time... 
for Soundcheck this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So Charles Barkley had the sniffles last night uh, during TNT's coverage of Pelicans Grizzlies. So like any good, caring friend would, Shaq totally made fun of him for it. Again, they had that huge run to the Pelicans of... Uh... 28 to 2 in that uh, second quarter. Listen, they're playing with enthusiasm. They're playing well. They're, they're big three. Like to have Zion in that, but he's not in that. But anyway, Brandon Ingram. Ernie, when he gets the ball, if he goes down the hill, <laughs> like he's a very dangerous player. He has Kevin Durant type skills right there. Sound like he's an Einstein jumper. And right here, when they get out and running, especially on the break, CJ McCollum, we know what he can do. <laughs> <laughs> and this other guy right, right here, Ernie, both sidestep you now, like Kenny's day, tough shot, tough shot maker. They're playing with great energy. Three guys in double figure. What if Zion was in on that mix? I hate you, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, Chuck, go your ass home, man. Go home, man. We, not, we miss you, but we ain't going to miss you. Merry yeah, Christmas. I can't go even home, understand man. you. Go home. It's the, <laughs> it's the fact that Shaq becomes more understandable when he plugs his nose but to he, impersonate Chuck. Yeah, that says more about Shaq than I think it does Chuck. Or I think yeah. so, too. But, yeah, Charles Barkley with a, with, with a cold last night apparently got stuffy. And the, uh, inside the NBA crew said, we're going to have fun with this. <laughs> All right, 744. We'll take a break. We'll come back. And uh, Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. You got something you want to get off your chest today? Uh, it's the holidays. I'm sure there's something that's probably grinding your gears a little bit. Text or call us on the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Uh, we'll return and uh, talk a little Buffs transfer portal and, and the, the piece in the Denver Post today about how the transfer portal is affecting high school recruits in the state. We'll have that for you coming up next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. You're listening to The Jim Davis Show on The Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back. 747. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine, Jim, and Cake today. And text or call us, 970-242-1340. All right, uh, Buffs continue to, uh, once again, utilize the transfer portal. And uh, over at The Athletic, they have the, the programs that so far have benefited the most from the portal during uh, this this recent stretch. Does Colorado make that list? Yes or no? It's it's. I think it's too early to say. No, I mean, do they make this list with the athletic? Oh, this. Uh, yes. Yes, they did. Uh, they have Ole Miss on here, along with uh, Louisville, TCU, which needed to upgrade after a run to the national championship, and then having a. A disastrous season, which opened up with a loss to Colorado, by the way. Uh, they have the buffs on here in Texas Tech as well. Um, for Colorado, they get Walter Taylor, the Vanderbilt quarterback, who is 6'7". He will be the tallest quarterback in Colorado Buffalo's football history. Love that. At 6'7". But he's not the star acquisition here. It's weird to use the term acquisition but that's kind of what it is with the transfer it's, portal. You're, you're acquiring talent. It's acquisitions. And one of the players that they picked up is Quincy Wiggins, the LSU defensive end. Was a top 100 recruit when he uh, came out of high school, but didn't play a lot at LSU. 
A, a has a potential to be a tremendous pass rusher. The other player that they, they talked about is uh, the TCU wide receiver that, that's coming on who calls himself Baby T.O. <laughs> nice. We'll, we'll see if that is the case. That's Cordell Russell, who didn't catch a pass in his freshman year, a 6'4", they also are able to go out and get some help when it comes to the secondary, which they already are pretty good shape with uh, Cormani McLean and obviously Travis right. Hunter. But they, they went out and they were able to get um, Preston Hodge from, from Liberty, who was graded out as the second-best corner in Conference USA this past season. Added some talent up front defensively, uh, which they needed to, to do that uh, with... Uh, Anquan Barnes, the uh, defensive tackle out of Alabama that's expected to be a, a big contributor for Charles Kelly, of course, was at Alabama, the Buffs' uh, current defensive coordinator. And then course, a lot of it's been about addressing the offensive line where they, they went out and, and to try to protect Shadur Sanders, Khalil Benson from Indiana, Tyler Johnson from Houston, Justin Mayers from UTEP, Yakuri Walker from UConn, all those guys coming in who have made 114 career starts and played more than 8,100 snaps. That's huge. And getting that kind of experience is vital, is, is vital for this, this, this Buffs football team making the transition to the Big 12 and trying to protect Shadur Sanders. Because this team is really, truly going to go as far as Shador takes them. In my humble opinion. But you also have, have to have a defense that can be a good complement to that, which we saw this past season. That was a problem at times for Colorado. But you're right. It is going to be what the offense can do. What what can Shadur Sanders... Shadur Sanders has to stay upright, though. Yeah, you got to protect that guy. Got sacked more, pretty much more than any quarterback in Division One football this season. And at least right now... The commitment is there from from his dad, from Dion, from Coach Prime, to to get those those players in, and as we've talked about, getting transfer transfer portal offensive linemen, it's always a challenge. At least so far for Colorado, they've been able to meet that challenge. Then there's also Jordan Seaton from IMG Academy, which the, the top offensive tackle coming out of high school. There's been some talk in recent days that he's starting to waver on coming to Colorado. He's had some chats with, with Dan Lanning in Oregon and that there's some things on the on the X-verse and in socials that he's he's now wavering a little bit on his commitment to Colorado. We'll see what happens. Okay. But there was a, a good piece today in the Denver Post and that this is from Kyle Newman, who we've had on the program before. It's called How College Football's Transfer Portal is Killing High School Recruiting in Colorado. And they, they talk about, um, in, in the article, Fountain Fort Carson left tackle Lincoln uh, Fapali Jr., who had five Division I scholarship offers. He also got an offer to go play at Kansas. And then he's seen all those go away. That was last spring. Just completed a football season. He's 6'5", 320. And, and so that... He's, he's now has one offer. It's from CSU Pueblo. 
So it went from from five scholarship offers, Division One scholarship offers, to D2 CSU Pueblo. He said, I did try to commit to a few of those Division One colleges recently, but I was halted by the words, I'm sorry, all of our spots are taken because we're taking a couple of guys in the transfer portal. And so that does change things. And Dave Logan said, look, it is, I feel like I'm John Payton here. Look, look. Well, look. Well, look. It has seriously hurt high school recruiting, I think, not only here in this state, but nationwide. He said, I've had numerous college coaches tell me that the portal has changed the way they have to recruit. The elite blue chip high school player is not going to be impacted, but the very good high school player five years ago would have gotten a Division I scholarship. Those players have been severely impacted, like the young man at Fountain Fort Carson. It's, and it's not untrue, but I have to wonder how much of this has already been going on and we just maybe didn't know about it because of the way that the portal is because I think there's a certain amount of truth to you have the pre-COVID era of college athletics and the post-COVID era. And post-COVID, it's a total mess because everyone got an extra year of eligibility. Transfer portal rules were waived. And so colleges, right or wrong, took advantage of the new, but albeit temporary rules that were in place. And now they've gotten comfortable with the way that things are. And so, yeah, it's probably going to hurt maybe short and maybe even long term. But... How much of that was maybe happening right. beforehand, you know? But the good player that could develop into a really great player is not going to get those chances now. And it, it trickles down because you have you have D2 programs like Colorado Mesa. They can be more picky now about who they bring in. I'm saying the Mavericks are being that, but that example, of they, they can be more picky because there's more out there because of the transfer portal. And but we'll see where this all goes. But but certainly it's having an impact, no doubt, on on college recruiting and high school football recruits. We'll take a break and come back with hour two.